You are listening to What the Fact Show answers to your frequently asked questions about photo, audio, video by your host Shiv. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm Shiv, photographer and filmmaker based out of Bangalore in India. Let's check out what's the question that we are going to answer on today's show. What is exposure and what is exposure triangle? There are two things which affect each of the three things that make up an exposure. Yeah, that's sort of a cryptic way to start today's podcast. I will get into it in detail uh, during the course of this uh, podcast. But uh, just remember again, there are two things which affect each of the three things that make up an exposure. First of all, in today's episode, we are going to talk about exposure. Exposure as in photographic exposure. If you really want to go with a textbook sort of answer or probably even a Wikipedia kind of an answer for what is an exposure, it reads something like exposure is amount of light per unit area reaching the sensor determined by aperture, shutter speed and ISO. As typical as it might sound, it's a textbook answer. Let's try to see if we can simplify it and try to understand it. Let's attempt for a second definition now. Exposure is capturing the scene in front of the sensor, which is your camera, with a maximum dynamic range by optimal combination of aperture, shutter speed and ISO to get a desired photographic image. Probably that started making a little bit of sense to you, right? Okay, let's dig deep into it. Now, before we even go in with understanding what is an exposure triangle and all those stuff, let's try to understand what are the factors which actually controls an exposure? Uh, there's basically three plus one things which controls the exposure. The first one being aperture. The second one, shutter speed. The third one being ISO. Now, what's your aperture? Aperture is basically the opening in the lens which will allow the light to pass through it and hit the sensor. Okay, it's, it's something what uh, in olden cameras we used to control uh, using a ring on top of the lens uh, rotating which will control the amount of light passing into the camera sensor. Now the shutter speed, uh, now that's, that's your shutter which is there in front of your sensor, uh, either the film sensor or the digital sensor. The amount of duration for which your shutter is open, that is one controlling factor. It can be fast or it can be slow. The third factor is the ISO, the sensitivity of the film. When you, when you talk about sensitivity of the film, in good old days, there used to be films which are marked as 100 ISO, 200 ISO, 1600 ISO, things like that. So based on the situation of the shooting, the photographer used to pick up a particular roll which has probably like 24 or 36 exposures, put it in his camera and set up his camera so that he takes the photograph based on the film that he has loaded in the camera. But in the modern day cameras like the digital SLRs, this ISO is basically the sensitivity of the sensor what is there in your camera and it's controlled by a button and a dial at the back of your camera. Now what do all these things control? It controls light. The amount of light that is hitting the sensor, the amount of light that is captured by the sensor. Yes, this is one of the two things which affect each of the three things that make up an exposure. Yes, light is one of the two things which affect the exposure when you're playing around with aperture, shutter speed and ISO. 
Now, what is the second thing? We'll just come to it in a bit. But let's try to figure out what are the different categories of exposure we have. In my particular definition, I would call there are two basic categories of exposure, a correct exposure and a creative exposure. Wrong exposure is something which you get when you don't know what is that you're shooting and you don't know how to control your camera and you have not heard any of the podcasts like this or gone through the numerous YouTube videos which will teach you how to take a photograph. So as I told you, there is a correct exposure and a creative exposure. So what exactly comes under the correct exposure? It's a technically correct image in which there is no clipping of highlights or there is no clipping of shadows. It's an image with a very good dynamic range that you have captured and thereby also meeting your desired photographic image. Now what exactly comes under creative exposure? Overexposure and underexposure can be put under wrong exposure if you are exposing your image in such a way that you are going to delete the image in the next few moments after you click the photograph. But we are not talking about those type of images. We are talking about overexposure intentionally so that you get something known as high key image, underexposure intentionally to get a low key image. As I said, it all depends on the photographer, whether he is creatively using a combination of aperture, shutter speed and ISO to get a desired effect or he doesn't know any of the basics and he is thereby overexposing or underexposing the image without his creative thought and thereby not using that image in future. That's where you differentiate a creative exposure from a wrong exposure. Now keeping all this GAN aside, let's look at all those three factors which control exposure. As I mentioned, it's aperture, shutter speed and ISO. One of the two things that aperture controls is your light the amount of light that is hitting the sensor based on the opening of the aperture. If you have a wide opening, you are letting in more light. If you have a smaller opening, you are letting in less light. But aperture also controls one more factor, which is depth of field. Yes, you heard it right. Depth of field is one of the two factors which is controlled by your aperture apart from the light. Depth of field as in if you have opened your aperture too wide, then you have a lesser depth of field, thereby having a very small region of focus. But if you have a smaller aperture, which in turn leads to lesser light reaching the sensor, you are creating a larger depth of field. Now where does depth of field come into picture? Depth of field comes into picture based on the type of image that you want to shoot. One of the types of images that you want to shoot is probably portraits or probably photographs of the birds wherein you want to render the background blur and you have your subject sharp and in focus. This is a situation wherein you use a wider aperture so that your subject is in focus and the background is blurred. Contrary to this, when do you want to use a narrow aperture? Narrow aperture is used wherein you are using aperture numbers like 16 or f22 or f32 when you want to shoot something like landscape or you want to shoot something like an architecture where you want everything from the near of the lens to the farthest point to be in focus. You want the maximum depth of field and thereby you use a smaller aperture to get that. But just remember when you're reducing the aperture to get maximum depth of field, you're restricting the amount of light that is reaching the sensor. So you have to compensate that by using the other two variables, which is shutter speed and ISO. We'll look at how to balance all these things out in a short while from now. So there you go. Light and depth of field are the two things which are controlled by aperture. Let's move on to the next one. Shutter speed. The shutter speed determines the duration for which the light coming in from the lens is hitting the sensor. 
Now you can keep a shutter open for a long time so that more light reaches or you can keep the shutter open for a very short time so that less light reaches the sensor. Now what does it affect other than the light reaching the sensor is motion blur. So if you are someone who want to do wildlife photography or action photography or sports photography, you prefer to have faster shutter speed. So you keep faster shutter speed so that you can freeze the action that is happening in front of you. But if you are somebody who wants to do say something like long exposure night photography or something like a creative uh, exposure with waterfalls to get a silky smooth motion of the water, you open your shutter for a longer duration. Thereby you capture whatever is happening in front of the camera for the duration of the shutter which is open. Now if you are keeping the shutter open for a longer time, more light is coming in. If you are keeping the shutter open for a very short time, very less light comes in and reaches the sensor. So if you want to control the amount of light in this situation, we will play around with other two variables which is aperture and ISO. So there you go. It's the light and the motion blur which is controlled by the shutter speed in your camera. The third variable we have in our account is ISO. ISO is basically the sensitivity of the film or your sensor, the digital sensor what we are talking about. Lesser the sensitivity, lesser is the amount of light gathering ability of the sensor. More the sensitivity, more is the light gathering ability of your sensor. Now in the older days as I mentioned a while back, people used to pick up rolls of film which were designated with a specific ISO. And if the photographer had to change the ISO, he had to either finish up his roll or rewind his film back to the spool so that he can pick up a higher or a lower ISO film and load it and then shoot. But that's not the case in digital photography. Now ISO can be controlled using a button and a dial which is present on the top of your camera. It's not just the ability to get more light or get less light based on the sensitivity. There is one more factor which ISO affects which is digital noise. Lesser the ISO, lesser is the digital noise. More the ISO, more is the digital noise. Now if you are asking what is a digital noise, it's basically the grainy patterns that appear in your image. If you are shooting a photograph sometimes say like in the evening or probably indoor with very less ambient light. So the grainy pattern is what is known as noise. Noise are basically two types, chroma noise and luminance noise. We'll come to the noise uh, in a, a photographic image sometime later. But you have to understand that ISO controls two things, which is the amount of light that the sensor captures and also the amount of digital noise. So hope you understood what are the two things that are controlled by the three things which affect your exposure. Now on it's in your hand and your creative thinking as to how you want to capture a particular image. As a photographer you are out there you want to shoot something. It might be shooting an action sports or it might be shooting a landscape or it might be shooting a dance performance within an auditorium. You need to know whether you want to freeze the motion. You need to decide whether you want a shallow depth of field or you need to decide whether you want everything from near of the camera till the farthest point to be in focus. Based on this is what you start setting up your camera. Let me give you a couple of short examples of how you can approach making an exposure and how you can determine what is the shutter speed or an aperture that you need. Assume that you are shooting during a daylight and it's quite bright and sunny. 
you might want to prefer to use a lower ISO because higher ISO brings in more noise and you don't need it. You start by setting a lower ISO, for example like 100 or probably 200. If you want to shoot a portrait, then you might want to keep your aperture as low as possible. Say if you're using a f1.8 lens, you keep your lens at f1.8 aperture. Now you're letting in more light, but you have to control the amount of light reaching your sensor. So you use the third variable, which is your shutter speed. You keep a higher shutter speed so that the amount of light hitting the sensor is controlled and by the use of the f1.8 aperture, you're getting a shallow depth of field and thereby getting a very clean background and thereby rendering a very clean background for the portrait that you're shooting. Now let's look at one more example. Probably you want to shoot an action sports or probably you're shooting cricket for example. Now your main intent is to capture the fielder in mid-air while he's going for a catch or probably capture the bowler when he's coming to bowl a crucial last ball of the innings. What you need here is ideally a faster shutter speed. So based on whether you're shooting at night or in the day, you keep your ISO which suits that particular lighting conditions. If you are during a day in a bright light condition, you might want to start with say 100 or a 200 ISO. If you are shooting say somewhere in the late evening or in the night, you might want to start with something like a 3200 or 6400 ISO. Please remember, experiment with your camera, take sample images to understand how is the noise performance of your camera at different ISOs. Now that you have set your ISO and the shutter speed fast enough to freeze the frame, all that you have to do is vary the aperture in order to get the correct exposure on your sensor. These are the two examples which I wanted to share using which you can start calculating what is that you need and what is that you have to set on your camera to begin with to get correct exposures. Thereon, it's all your creative abilities to convert this correct exposure into a creative exposure. So always remember one thing, if you're going out to shoot something, just take a minute or two to analyze what is that you're shooting. Whether you want a faster shutter speed or a slow shutter speed, whether you want a very narrow aperture or you want a larger depth of field. Based on this is when we can start taking your images. Don't just go out there, start your camera and start clicking pictures and then cribbing later on telling that no, I didn't get the image that I wanted. This is not the background that I wanted or there is a lot of blur in the image and things like that. Please take a minute or two to analyze and figure out what is the combination of aperture, shutter speed and ISO that you want so that it will help you get your right image. Now when you see on top of your camera there are a lot of uh, exposure modes that is available. Probably we can go into this in detail sometime later but let me um, bring your attention to some of the automatic exposures and some manual ones which you might want to keep in your mind before you use your camera the next time. Some of the automatic exposure modes you might find things like portrait, landscape, sports and night. Each of these are tuned specifically in your camera so the optimal settings are used. Say something like portrait, the camera automatically selects a smaller aperture but when it comes to landscape it will make sure that it selects a wider aperture. When it comes to sports it might give you a faster shutter speed. When it comes to night it will give you a slightly longer exposure. Now the same thing can be controlled manually. You don't have to rely on the automatic exposure modes. Those are not meant for you. Exposure mo modes like programmed auto, aperture priority, shutter priority, manual, 
are something which you want to keep in your mind. Programmed auto is one wherein you have the ability to control only the ISO and the aperture and the shutter speed is determined by the camera. As much as possible, I would want you to stay away from this and concentrate on either aperture priority, shutter priority or preferably manual mode. In aperture priority, you set an ISO, you set an aperture and the camera determines what's the shutter speed that you need based on the other two combinations that you have set. There are a few other variables which control this but let's not break our head on this in this moment. In the shutter priority, you set the ISO and you set the shutter speed and based on these combination, the camera determines what's the aperture that you might need for a correct exposure. The lastly in the manual, you have complete control on what's happening with your camera and the image that you're taking. You set your ISO, you set your aperture and you set your shutter speed and based on your decision, you're taking an image. As much as we know, aperture priority and shutter priority, we are allowing the camera to choose a particular aperture or a shutter speed, wherein in manual, you are taking the complete creative control of making your image. There is also something called as bulb mode, wherein you can use a shutter speed beyond 30 seconds, which you might probably want to use to shoot something like star trails or night uh, traffic movement uh, type of images and stuff like that. It's useful, probably we'll see what are the uh, use cases for those uh, in the future episodes. But remember, manual is where you have maximum control on the image that you take and keeping it in manual and referring back to what I told you, decide what is that you want to shoot, analyze it, decide your aperture and the shutter speed along with ISO that you might need to get your image set that and you might want to tweak it a little bit based on the outcome which you might want to do based on the histogram which you can see in the back of your camera you might probably want to refer to the histogram episode that we did recently and based on that is how you get your exposure hope that answered your question and if you want to read the show notes or explore more visit www.thepodcastingarena.com and drop a voice or a text message if you want to get your question answered. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.